you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. church <clears throat> go is the word go into the world with a great commission comes great persecution Jesus has been laying the foundation back in verses 12 to 17 of what is to come that the disciples have to face the way he put things together in these verses is the way the church ought to operate in its message and mission throughout the church age. The Lord has been talking about love, the glue that would hold the disciples together. But now he began to talk about hatred. He talks about hate. He used the word hate seven times in this portion of Scripture. Showing the seriousness that disciples must know. Know that it has hated me before it hates you as you go. Now the disciples would have to be glued together to face the opposition from Satan and his accompanying associates. They'll have to be glued together for what is to come, what they're going to face. Jesus said, if the world hates you, he did not label every single person and every single system in the world. But he labeled those people and system that come against the proclamation of the message and the mission of the church. We are loving people. That's what we are to do. That's who we are. Many people commend Christians for their godly lifestyles and the work they do around the world. Helping the needy with food and clothing, building schools, drilling wells, dispensaries, seeking justice for the the underprivileged. Christians are all over the world doing these kind of works. And it seems inconceivable That anyone would hate Jesus and his followers. But that is exactly what the situation was in Jesus' day and even today in many parts of the world. In a few hours from this text we're looking at, in a few hours from John 15, the religious leaders of Israel will be condemning their Messiah leading the Jewish crowd to cry out for his blood, demanding his crucifixion. Give us the notorious Barabbas, but Jesus, crucify him. Let his blood be on us and our children. Rejecting Jesus is calling judgment upon oneself. And Jesus here is making the transition between promises of comfort and blessing in the upper room to a warning of the hostile and the hostility 
that awaits them. Just had dinner and your Lord's Supper. Give them some instruction. Talk about loving one another. And now we send them into the world and says, look out. There will be hostility waiting for you. Disciples will need each other desperately. They will need to hold and pull together in the unity of love against the opposition that's coming. Now there were always resentment, hatred, and open hostility against Jesus. Throughout the Gospel of John, it is evident that the religious establishment not only opposed Jesus, but sought to kill him, and they succeeded. And as followers of Christ, pursuing Jesus' mission to all ends of the earth, until we die or until the Lord returns, we live in a hostile world and will face opposition as the word is proclaimed. Reading from verses 18 to 21 from John 15. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of this world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted you, they will also, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on the account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. The hatred for Jesus. Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind, know that it hated me first. Now what are some reasons for this hate throughout the Gospel of John? What are some of the reasons? Well, the first thing, because he chose believers out of the world system. In other words, he rescues sinners from the world system. He said, I choose you. Another thing we learn throughout the Gospel of John is because he exposed people's sins. He exposed sin. And because he confronted them with the reality of his deity, that he is the I am, equaling himself with God. So verse 20, Jesus wants believers to remember that a servant is not greater than his master. He is the shepherd, you are the sheep. And when they attack the shepherd, it affects the sheep as well. Now Christians should not be surprised at the world's hostility towards them. Since they hated Jesus first. It's encouraging to know that when believers are being persecuted, our Lord enters into this suffering with them, for He is the head of the body, the members of His church. He said to Saul, 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 why do you persecute me? 
Anything that the enemy can do to us has already been done to Jesus. So he identifies with his sheep as they suffer for the gospel as he sends them out. He identifies with everything and he calls Saul out. He didn't say, Saul, why are you persecuting my followers? Saul, why are you persecuting me? So the Lord is in it as he sends his followers out. And Christians are to keep those words in their memory bank. They hated me first, for when it happens, there will be no surprises. The next thing we know is hatred from the world. The world hates not only the Savior, but those who are linked to the Savior. Believers will be hated because they have been separated from the world system by Christ, bearing Christ's name and Christ's likeness. Jesus said to us that we must not be surprised or disheartened when you encounter the world hatred because you are a Christian. The world might not like you when you stand for godly values or for, for what you are proclaiming. But experience tells me they will trust you when it comes to their interests. You find yourself in a company and you're a Christian, the boss will trust you. Might not like to hear what you have to say. But boy, they'll put their trust in you for their own interests. Jesus told his disciples that their situation in the world will be a dangerous one. One with persecution, excommunication, and even death. And we see that throughout the book of Acts and also in the epistles, how Christians were persecuted and how they suffered. As we stand today, there are severe ongoing persecution in several parts of the world. Christians are suffering quite a lot. They're facing a lot of persecution. We live in an evil, fallen world. The world system we live in comprised of unregenerate people controlled by Satan. Jesus calls Satan the prince of the world. Satan is the one who dominates the evil world system in rebellion against God and his people. And because Satan hates God, he hates God's children as well. And Jesus chose you out of, the, of his world system. No wonder he keeps on his hate. You do not belong to him anymore. Yes, he can pest you, but you do not belong to him anymore. Jesus gave the advance notice throughout his ministry in the times of persecution. In the Sermon of the Monk, he said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There you got it. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. In Matthew 10, 16, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. 
The wolves going to want to tear you apart. And they do often succeed. You see, church, Satan is not worried about the unregenerate. He has them already. He's worried about you proclaiming the word and showing his people the light in his dark world. He's afraid of that. He gives temporary pleasure, but do not tell them of the consequences. In verse 19, if you were of this world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, for I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You will be hated. There's no way running from it. The world. The world. What's the world? The world, from a biblical point of view, involves all people, plans, organizations, activities, philosophies, values, which belong to societies without God. That's what it is. It has nothing about God in them. Some of these things may be very cultural. Others may be very corrupt. But all of them have their origins in the heart and mind of sinful man. And promote what sinful man wants to enjoy and accomplish through unrighteous means. As long as a person follows the craze and the fashions and accepts the values of the world... He or she will get along pretty well with it. But a Christian who refuses to be conformed to the worldly lifestyle will encounter dislike and hatred. Men of the world love those who live as they do. And Christianity condemns that. Therefore, the world hates them. Most likely, take a stand wherever you are for righteousness and you will be marginalized. In Proverbs 29, 27, he who is upright in the way is abominable to the wicked. The world applauds the abominable and gives approval to those who practice them. Christians are not part of the world because Jesus chose them out of the world to himself and for himself. In 1 Corinthians 6.19 reminds us, you do not belong to the world yourself, for God bought you with a high price. And we all know the price, right? When he stretched his hand, and they nailed him. 
When a repented sinner trusted in Christ, the person is moved into a new spiritual dimension. And at the same time, in this new spiritual dimension, we are not isolated from reality or insulated from the world's needs. We are not so heavenly that we are no earthly good. It means we look at things of the earth from a heaven's point of view. And as long as a person follows the craze and the fashions and accepts the values of the world, he or she will get along with the world system and have the superficial love the world offers. It's only going to be temporary. It won't last. And it comes with consequences. Because believers are a new creation and no longer wants to live the old life, we refuse to be conformed to this world system. And I'm hope, I hope I'm speaking for you too, one of us here. As a believer, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. But a dark world does not want the light and a decaying world does not want the salt to cleanse and preserve. So the believers is not only out of step, but out of place when it comes to the world system and its ways. In verse 20, Jesus said, If you keep my word, I'll read it another way. If they keep my word, they will also keep yours. This is encouraging for believers. It's encouraging for the followers of Jesus to stay with the message. Keep evangelizing. The majority would reject the disciples' teaching and persecute them. But there will always be a minority who would accept the disciples' message. And you are part of that group. Regardless of the persecution, the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, Paul, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. As you go about evangelizing, proclaiming the message, on the mission, God has people for you to reach and for me to reach. We don't know who they are, but God knows. You ought to answer the call. In verse 21, the basic reason for this hatred is the world's ignorance and rejection of the Father. They don't know God. No one who denies the Son have the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. 
If you had asked the religious leaders in Jerusalem in Jesus' day, if they knew the God they were seeking to defend against Jesus, they would have said, of course we know him. Israel had known the true God for centuries. They experienced God many times. The pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, in the wilderness. God fed them man and quail in the wilderness for a long time. God fought their battles over and over against their enemies, drunk in feral armies in the Red Sea. So they have seen God at work many times. And here Jesus told them that they did not know the true Father. And therefore, they could not know the Son. Because rejecting the Son is rejecting God. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. Whether in ancient Israel or here today. The religious leaders knew a great deal about Jehovah God and could quote chapters and verses to defend their doctrine, but they did not personally know God. They had rules and laws. To know God was another thing. Today, many in the religious circle know about God but do not really know God. And Jesus' claim is a major problem for them. John 8, 19, You neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, you should have known my Father. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. When a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, they get to know God as their father, Abba Father, as your daddy. A personal covenantal relationship. That is what discipleship brings about in the believer's life. That is why SCF promotes discipleship for everyone. Get to know God better and more and closer. You can have a personal relationship with him. The religious sect was rejecting Jesus as the Son of God whom the Father had sent. And there is a difference of knowing God in the generalized sense and knowing God as your spiritual father. How do you get to know someone? Even when you're courting, before you're married. How do you get to know someone in your church? Unless you meet and communicate and talk. Get to know each other. Same with God. When you know him as Father, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, you have the whole Trinity comes to reside with you. The whole Trinity. He who is in you is greater than he is in the world. The religious world today claims to know God, 
but does not want to bow their knees to Jesus Christ as the Son of God. The only Savior and mediator between God and man, and there is no other way that heaven prescribed. No other way. Satan has blinded their minds, and sin has blinded their hearts. Like Saul of Tarsus, pre-conversion days. They are convinced that their religion and their righteous work are enough in the name of their religion, even when they kill someone in the name of religion. And so they persecute God's people, thinking they are doing good for God, when in fact they are working against God. And there's something we see here also in verse 22. With privilege comes accountability. Jesus exposed people's sin. Give us the notorious Barabbas. This guy's exposing us too much. We have to get rid of him. The people had no excuse for their sin. They had seen Jesus' works and have heard his words, but refused to take the truth in. There is no room in their heart for what Jesus was offering. Jesus proves it by emphasizing his words with his works. All the evidence has been presented, but they were not honest enough to receive it and act upon it. The old wineskin bag cannot handle the new wine. It's bursting with anger and hatred as truth is poured into it. They were not sitting in ignorance. They were sinning against a flood of light. People today do the religious thing by attending church. Socialize among believers, which are commendable. Have tasted the spiritual food, but do not want to take in the full course meal God is offering through Jesus Christ. Some are in delay mode. The hard drive is running but not willing to hit enter. Keep putting eternal life off. Others reject Jesus' offer for different reasons. Some because God is not answering their desires. Still others, when the light reveals their dark life, they do not want to face their sin honestly. And Jesus wraps it up in verse 25. There was no valid cause to hate Jesus when it comes to people's spiritual health. There's no valid cause. Here is the light of the world. Jesus' audience were exposed, confronted face to face, and upset. The word that is written in the Jewish law, must be fulfilled. 
They hated me without a cause. The Lord realized that the world's attitude was in exact fulfillment of the prophecy. But they had to be informed. He must today, for those who reject Jesus Christ, must be informed as well. People must know what they're rejecting. At least, they owe themselves that. Regardless of the prophecy, it does not mean they had to hate Jesus, a perfect person. You see, church, truth will always hurt. Many people have difficulty accepting the truth. And that goes for anything in life. And Christians have to realize that the world attack on us is an, ex is an exact alignment with what Jesus said in verse 18. And we have to remember that, that they hated him first. The Lord quoted Psalm 35. And if David, a mere man, could be so hated by his enemies, how much more the sinless son of God. When Jesus is around people, he exposes their sin. Got Peter's reaction. Get away from me, or I'm a sinful man. The world hated Jesus because he exposed their sin and confronted them with the reality of who he is. He pierced through them and they couldn't handle it. And today in the world, as the world continues to do so graphically, revealing the vileness of sin and the whole counsel of God keeps happening today. We don't face it that much over here. Other parts of the world, there's severe persecution. Many of the brothers and sisters are being so severely unimaginable. Them and their families. But thank God for giving them the strength as they keep holding on to Jesus. Now the rejection that's happening that Jesus is telling his disciples about is not outside of God's sovereign plan. People are doing this to fulfill the word that is written in the law. They hated me without cause. Now, in conclusion, here are a few nuggets I want to leave with you. The world hates Jesus because he rescues sinners from the world system. The world hates Jesus because he rescues you and I from the world system. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. To put it in a general sense. The world hates Jesus because he stands in the way of Satan. The world hates Jesus' followers because we proclaim the way. And regardless of the hatred 
of the hatred that goes on, you are blessed. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say falsely, say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of Jesus. So Jesus is well aware of what goes on. Of course he's well aware. So I want to leave you with that as we look at this portion of scripture of all the hatred that uh, is going to happen. And just to reflect back is that the disciples will have to glue together in love to face their opposition. And the church has to do the same. Amen? Lord Jesus, Thank you for informing us what lays ahead in our faith when it comes to the hatred towards you and us, your followers. We thank you, Father, for empowering us through your Holy Spirit to continue proclaiming the truth and bear the hatred until you call us up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.